Relying on someone who doesn't know you or your situation to give you specific financial advice is just plain dumb. That's why everything said on this show is just helpful information. If you want specifics, give us a call. All opinions expressed here are ours. GenWealth Financial Advisors is a registered investment advisor with securities offered through LPL Financial. Member FINRA SIPC. This week, we continue Financial Literacy Month on the show. Today, fortifying your finances. In a world where all of our info is online, how do you keep criminals from stealing away your retirement? A conversation with an FBI special agent who fights identity theft every day. This is the Get Ready for the Future show. With offices and advisors all across the state of Arkansas, the GenWealth team has assembled once again for the Get Ready for the Future show from Bryant, Arkansas. Glad to have you along. My name is Scott Inman. To my left, John Shrewsbury. To his right, Janet Walker. And in the fourth chair today, Mr. Tim Key. Hello to all. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Yes. Happy Easter weekend, too. It is Financial Literacy Month, but of equal or more importance, I should say. (laughs) Easter weekend is here as well. So we hope you're having a great holiday weekend. As we talk Financial Literacy Month in April, we've been doing that all month long, in fact. If you've missed any of the shows, we do want to encourage you to go back and check us out on podcasts. You can do that from through iTunes or Stitcher. We've been talking about basic financial concepts, how to talk money concepts with your children. We've also spent a little time last week dissecting what it takes to build a good retirement nest egg, and we did that in the form of really digging deep into the functionalities of different types of employer plans, your 401k, your your simple IRA, maybe a SEP IRA. Maybe you've never heard of a SEP IRA. Maybe you'd be eligible for it. There are all kinds of reasons to go back and check out the Get Ready for the Future show all through the month of April. Well, today, guys, we're going to be talking a little bit different topic. This is not something we delve into. It's definitely financially related, but it's all about fortifying your finances. Social Security is going to be on the back end of the show today, but I want you to really stay tuned for the meat of the show because an FBI special agent, Ryan Kennedy, is going to join us in the next two segments to talk about, John, ways to protect against financial fraud. And and you can do everything else right when it comes to savings, Uh, the right investment strategy, put a plan in place, but it could all be hijacked if you haven't put some of those safeguards in place. If you think about things that are scary as far as your retirement is concerned, sure, it's scary to go into retirement without a paycheck and have to depend on your own resources and that of Social Security and maybe a pension. But the most scary thing is the thing is out of your control. And that is whether somebody can actually access your retirement funds and steal those funds away or steal your identity and thereby uh, steal your retirement funds or any other valuable that you might have. Yeah, it, it happens far too often and can happen so easily. So we're excited about having the opportunity today to spend some time with Special Agent Kennedy and for you to be able to learn more. And Scott, I, I got to step out of out of just, you know, the exact topic we're on for just a moment and go back to your intro. When you were talking about Special Agent Kennedy fighting this crime every day, mm-hmm. I felt like he should be wearing like a superhero cape or something, <laughs> you know, yes. that's the image it gave. But, you know, it really is such an important thing to understand. And it's something that people don't think about and don't prepare for until it happens to them. And it's too late to be ready after it's already happened. Yeah. And he's going to talk about some of the worst cases he's seen. And, and that should really be an eye opener for us all is, is what it could, what damage it could do and how easily it can happen. But there are some easy steps to take. And that's coming up in the next two segments on the Get Ready for the Future show. Do want to take a moment also to talk about uh, the for the final time our upcoming Gen Wealth Academy workshop because it is just around the corner now next Tuesday April twenty third at six thirty at Little Rock's Crown Plaza Hotel that's right there at the Big Rock Interchange there at the corner of or at the intersection of six thirty and four thirty the three biggest risks to your retirement that's what we're going to be talking about this is a, a Gen Wealth produced presentation this is one that John and Janet took the time to put together on their own uh, and it talks about those three big risks as you head into retirement. And the space is limited. We still have some room available, but if you want to join us, it is free to attend. All you have to do is go to getreadyforthefuture.com forward slash events. Sign up there, register. Dinner will be provided. You can arrive about 6. The presentation will start about 6.30. 
And if you've never been to a Gen Wealth Academy workshop before, let me tell you, it's about an hour of your time, about 6.30 to 7.30, depending on questions. And that's one emphasis we want to bring up too, John, is to bring your questions. We, we want to make sure those questions get answered. But what we're going to be answering is what are those three big risks and some possible strategies or solutions to take those risks on in retirement. Absolutely. Uh, we're, we're not going to talk about identity theft. We're going to do that on yes. the show today, but we're going to talk about the financial risks that are in retirement. There, there are things that, uh, again, are a bit out of your control, things like inflation, things like the volatility in the market, things like how long you're going to live. We're going to try to help you understand all of those risks and address those during this workshop. So you want to go to our website, getreadyforthefuture.com forward slash events and register there, or you can do it the old-fashioned way by calling us at 501-653-7355 and getting your reservation for three big risk on April 23rd. That is next week on uh, 630 at the Crown Plaza. I got to say, guys, of all the topics that we do, you know, sometimes we'll do like a deep dive and like into Social Security or, or things like that. But of all of the overview topics that we do, this is my absolute favorite. It's one that we wrote here in-house at Gen Wealth. It really has the voice of our team, and it comes from stories that we've experienced with our clients over the years and things that they've told us as they've come in to, to start working with us, things that they have experienced personally. And so we talk about what are those risks that you're not going to hear about on the news, frankly. Mm-hmm. It's not something that you can just – go, hey, what are my three biggest risks in retirement and figure these things out? It's taking a little bit of a different perspective, and it's something you need to understand. And Tim, these risks are very prevalent for folks who are entering what we call the retirement red zone. You know, you've been accumulating all of these years, and you're moving from that phase of building wealth to now trying to make your la- your wealth last the rest of your life. Absolutely. It's, it's definitely three things that we definitely have to consider, and I think we probably think about it from time to time, but actually having a plan built around those yeah. is what we really do and do it well. Also, Scott, going back, I mean, the questions that they ask at these workshops, I mean, I think there's so many different things that come up that we don't even think about sometimes. We hear them from time to time in meetings and things, but I know a lot of people are thinking the same thing, but actually getting those questions asked at these workshops is a great opportunity for people. Yeah. Hey, Scott, before we uh, get into our actual interview with Agent Kennedy, I wanted to talk just a minute about what we do here at GenWealth to try to protect you uh, from identity theft. And, you know, sometimes when we ask for these things, it can be a bit of an annoyance. Like when you come in and you're going to to do business with us, we ask for copies of your driver's license. Now, you may go, well, why do you guys want my driver's license? Well, it's, you know, very important that we know who you are. And there are a lot of folks that work at GenWealth. We have over 30 team members that work at GenWell. So if someone walks in and encounters a team member, we have the ability to to then pull that up at our database and look at the picture that is on your driver's license and make sure that you are who you say you are Mm -hmm. and make sure that we are conversing and giving uh, personally identifiable information and uh, substantive information about your accounts to the real person and not someone who walks in off the street and says that they are you. That's just one one of the things that we do here at Genwell to try to be sure that your identity is protected and more so that your valuable information is right. protected. Janet, there are a couple of other things like uh, trusted contacts and, and a what we call a PII form. So PII is personally identifiable information. It's basically like the financial version of HIPAA that we're not going to share your information unless you give us written permission in advance to do that. So we have a form where we take care of that. And so we can share that information with only the people who are listed. It might be a relative. It might be CPA. Trusted contact is where the communication goes the other direction, from us to somebody else. And that might be if we call you, and maybe you don't sound quite right. Maybe there's a medical issue or something going on. It gives us permission to call somebody else and reach out and talk with them to check on you. Well, in the digital world, we have to pay close attention to the possibilities of financial fraud. A special interview with FBI Special Agent Ryan Kennedy is on the other side of the break. Stay with us. The Get Ready for the Future show continues right after this. Don't touch that dial. Straight talk about retirement, investments, and your money is right around the corner. The Get Ready for the Future show returns after this.
Life can be so busy, it's hard to even picture retirement. That's why you need somebody you can trust who will paint that picture and help turn dreams into reality. Plan, personalize, and protect your future with the team at GenWealth. Call 877-341-7355 to schedule an appointment. Now, back to the Get Ready for the Future show. Investments and economics move at the speed of light. And we've got the latest information you need to know to stay ahead of the game. From GenWealth Financial Advisors, it's the fastest four minutes in investing. Well, on this week's fastest four minutes in investing, we're going to dive into what LPL Research believes may be priced in to the markets and what is not priced into the markets. And here's what we mean by that, John. I think a lot of times people may scratch their head when they see good news about the economy come out, and maybe they quickly go to their app to check how the market is responding to that, and it didn't really move the meter much. might even be negative, even though it was good news. And and the reason is, is because market watchers have already maybe likely priced in some of that good news before it actually is finalized. You see this oftentimes when job reports come out. Yeah. You know, it's a very strong job report, but the market was already anticipating that strong job report. So it goes, eh, what's next? Right. And, you know, people are, are really, they have the attention span of a gnat on Wall Street <laughs> right. because they're on to the next crisis, whatever that may be, or it's on to the next high or the next worry or whatever the case may be. So we thought we'd take a look today at what we believe is priced into this market. Uh, and if those things happen, then we're probably not going to see a big movement in the market. And what is not priced in? What could actually move the market over the next few months? So Scott, what's priced in is GDP growth somewhere between two and two and a half percent. What it's not priced in is if we get GDP growth above 2.5, maybe closer to 3%, that could actually set off a rally. GDP is one of those things, gross domestic product, that the market is intently focused upon. Yeah, and 2 to 2.5 would still be a a great um, upward-moving economy, but that is the expectation, again, that, that market watchers and investors are already kind of uh, expecting there. So if GDP growth surpasses that, that could really move the meter upward. The other thing, too, I thought this was interesting. We've already priced in a sugar high after tax cuts. We've already kind of many people have expected to get the benefit of that and maybe they think it's over. Yeah, the tax cuts were back in 2017. We just have that kind of baked into the recipe, so to speak, that those factors are going to be affecting the economy. So the market has priced that into its current uh, pricing levels. But if we have a pickup in capital spending, that could extend the market rally even further than than it already has been. And this one is, is actually one of the longest, if not the longest in history. So we'll be watching that capital spending and also uh, the the other factors that might go into pushing this market higher. Scott, another thing that's already baked in is stubbornly low inflation. Mm-hmm. You know, inflation is one of those things that, value, that uh, has an erosive value on the value of assets. And so if inflation stays low, that's actually a good thing. If we have a spike in inflation, that could actually push down the market because the market sees, you know, those assets being worth less in real dollars because of inflationary pressures. And also, if we have the Fed come in and say, hey, we're going to go and and assume these rate hikes again Mm -hmm. that we were on last year, Uh, we're going to get back in the rate hike game. And if the economy heats up, so to speak, the Fed may do that, much to Donald Trump's chagrin, Mm -hmm. then we could see the market really turn sour about that because the market does like cheap money. Uh, The market right now is anticipating no Federal Reserve hikes for the rest of 2019. If that stays the case, then that's already baked into the goods, so to speak, in the market. You could make a case at the end of 2018, a lot of the reason that the market went down was because the anticipation was that there were going to be rate hikes. So that has stabilized and it has recovered because now they're expecting not to have rate hikes. Absolutely. One other thing you want to watch are profits. Take a look at the earnings season that we're in now for the first quarters. These companies report earnings. Uh, There is an expectation that profits are headed lower. If profits show up better than expected, that could extend the rally as well. That is a look at this week's Fastest 4 Minutes in Investing. Thanks for watching on social media and listening on the Get Ready for the Future show. And our radio program continues next. 
The road to financial independence isn't easy, but it starts here. Back with more financial wisdom from the Gen Wealth team after the break. You're listening to the Get Ready for the Future show. From the studios of the Gen Wealth Radio Network, back to the Get Ready for the Future show. All month long, we are talking financial literacy. It is Financial Literacy Month across the United States as we welcome you back into the Get Ready for the Future show. And the next couple of segments, we're going to dive into a topic we don't often discuss on the Get Ready for the Future show, but a very important topic. You know, we talk about protection guys from an investment perspective. Right. But we're going to talk about protection from an identity theft perspective here in this segment. Scott, this is probably one of the biggest questions that we get from people is how do I be sure that my information, my my accounts, my personal information, all of that is safe? And in this world that we live in now, we we have clients that obviously did not grow up in the electronic era, and and now they're having to kind of step up and deal with that when it comes to to their money. And and goodness, the the move in our industry has been huge yeah. to automation and things of that nature, and and online uh, this and online that. Right. Everything is out there online, and the question is, how do you keep that safe? And so we're going to dive in with some expert advice yeah. today. Yeah, no question about that. We are joined right now by Special Agent Ryan Kennedy, FBI Little Rock office. Welcome aboard to the Get Ready for the Future show. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here today. Well, we are glad to have you and to be able to talk a little bit about your insight, your experience from this. And I know you've worked some identity theft cases. I have. Let, let's jump off, I guess, just talk a little bit about, and uh, I know you've talked to us about, there are kind of two categories, right, of, of identity theft, how it falls into. Where are those categories? Talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, so there's multiple different categories of identity theft that we need to be worried about as consumers, but the two biggest ones are going to be uh, financial identity theft and medical identity theft. So let's talk a little bit about what the differences in those two are. Sure. So with financial identity theft, what we are looking at is individuals who are taking our information for the purposes of opening up lines of credit under our names. So credit cards, loans, things like that, using our personal information. With medical identity theft, what we're looking at is people stealing our medical information, particularly our insurance information for the purposes of, say, going and getting prescription drugs or going to the doctor for nefarious purposes, um, you know, things like that. So if you're thinking about the, all of the things that, that you've run across in the realm of identity theft, I think one of the new things these days I, I'm hearing is that oftentimes people are going and filing their taxes yes. uh, about, you know, this time of year or, or uh, you know, obviously in the month of April, that's a big t- deal for people to be filing taxes and, and right after for extensions. But they're filing taxes and they're finding out that Somebody's already filed for them mm-hmm. and and they use their social security number. What's the end game there when you're filing taxes for someone? Sure. So having worked many of those cases, the end game there for the fraudster is simply put to get your return first. One of the things that people can do very easily in order to protect themselves from that kind of identity theft, the identity theft where they're taking your tax return from you, is to get your tax return in early. The IRS looks at this as a first come, first serve. The first person that gets the information in is the person that gets the tax return. So if we are ready when tax season opens up and we can get our returns filed quickly, then we can prevent the fraudsters from using our information to get our returns. So it's that refund that they're looking for. They'll file a fraudulent tax return with a large refund on it. They're looking for that uh, four-figure refund or something of that nature. Correct. And sometimes what you may even find is that they are adding information into your refund that is incorrect in order to increase the amount that they would get. For instance, claiming deductions that aren't there. Um, you know, claiming uh, other things and other schedules that were, will ultimately increase the refund that you're entitled to so that they can get as much money as they can. But again, the easiest way to prevent against that is simply get your refund done as quickly as you can. So Agent Kennedy, you talked about how to avoid this in terms of, of tax fraud. What about some of the other ways that people get their identity stolen? What are some of the things that they can do proactively to stop that? Sure. 
One of the easiest things that you can do that I would encourage your listeners to do that only takes a couple of minutes is to go to one of the websites for one of the major credit bureaus and put a credit fraud alert on your account. Basically, what that means is anytime you or in this case, somebody in your name tries to open up a line of credit in your name, the credit companies are required to call to verify your identity. It takes less than two minutes to do. It's very easy. It's very simple. And it's one of the the easiest steps that can be done to help protect your identity is just go and put that freeze on. I will say when that gets done and it's time to claim Social Security, that means that you need to go down to the Social Security office in person. We've dealt with that a few times over the years. A phone call or online like they want you to do normally will no longer work if that's on your account. Correct. Now, the other step that people can take, and again, it's a very easy one if you want to go even more extreme than a simple fraud alert, would be to go ahead and freeze your credit. Again, go to one of the major credit bureaus and instead of doing the fraud alert, you can freeze your credit. And essentially what that means is that nobody can get credit under your name unless you unfreeze that account. Hmm. If you're not looking at getting a home loan anytime soon, a car loan, a new credit card, it's not a bad thing to do. You just have to remember to take that step before you go and open up a line of credit of unfreezing your account first. I want to make sure people hear that because you think freezing the account would be something to be done on the back end when you think something bad has happened. But you're you're pointing out that's a proactive measure. Absolutely. Yeah. It is It is both a proactive measure that we can take to defend our credit, but it's also a step that we should be taking at the back end if mm-hmm. we have discovered that we are the victim of identity theft as well. So are these steps different than the uh, retail uh, services that are out there like LifeLock and, and these other companies that monitor your credit and things of that nature, I'm assuming that that's a different uh, type of service that you're talking about. Yes, absolutely. It is a different kind of service. The The freeze or the fraud alert are free services that are offered by the credit bureaus where the the credit lock or the credit service may be a paid for service offered by either those companies or a third party. Now, those are not bad ideas as well. Um, absolutely. If people are really concerned, then they can sign up for the um, the credit monitoring. They can sign up for um, some of the credit alerts, you know, for however many dollars a month it might be if it offers people some um, peace of mind. I want to ask you, too, uh, and, and I know that you we mentioned off the, the front end, and we'll remind folks who may be just jumping in, we're, we're speaking with Special Agent Ryan Kennedy of the FBI about uh, some tips, some proactive steps you can take to avoid identity theft. You've worked many of these cases, and, and I know you can't talk specifics, but you had to have seen some horror stories. What What is the damage that you've seen that can be done, and how prolific is this problem? So in terms of how prolific it can be, some of the data suggests that as much as 5 to 10% of the American population has been the victim of some form of identity theft. Wow. In terms of the damage that it can be that can be done through this, whether it is financial or medical identity theft, it can be pretty extreme because it can be very difficult to get those fraudulent lines of credit or those fraudulent um, medical procedures off of your records. For instance, how damaging could it be to someone if your medical information has been stolen? You're a perfectly healthy individual, but somebody is using that to check themselves into a clinic to treat themselves for an addiction. Mm-hmm. Now that is going to show up on your medical records until you can get that cleared off. And that can be very difficult. Likewise, if people are opening up multiple lines of credit under your name and then running that credit up to its limit and not paying it off, now all of a sudden we have those bad, um, lines of credit that are hitting our accounts, and that can be damaging too, especially when we go to open up legitimate lines of credit for a car or a house or something else. And and that obviously runs into a multitude of problems. Not only is your, your credit damaged by that, then it's also very difficult to convince the creditor that you didn't do this, that, right. that it's not you. It's it's a fraudster that has done that. I'm sure that causes some consternation. It, it can, um, you know, because frequently these fraudsters can get what they want very quickly. So when we discover that we are the victim of identity theft, we have to act very rapidly by freezing our account, by contacting our banking institutions, by contacting our federal or our financial financial institutions, um, and by filing a police report so that we can provide that to different agencies to help support our claim. 
the faster we react to these incidences of identity theft, the more we can mitigate the damage that's done to us. We talked about some preventative moves that we can make in terms of financial identity theft, but what about medical identity theft? How do we proactively do something to stop that from happening? One of the biggest things that people should be doing is treating their medical insurance card like it's a credit card. Keep it with you at all times in your wallet, in your purse, in your pocket, along with your credit cards. We don't let our credit cards you know, walk off on their own. We keep a, an eye on them. We know where they are at all times. We should be doing the same thing for our insurance cards as well. One of the other things that people should be doing is, and I know this is a little bit more difficult, but after we go to the doctor, we frequently get what's called an explanation of benefits form mm-hmm. in the mail. That form is supposed to explain to us the procedures that were done from our last medical appointment. Frequently, what we find is that people are getting those in the mail and they're not reviewing them. They're just throwing them away, which is an issue as well. But what we need to be doing first is we need to be checking those forms Mm -hmm. and ensuring that the information that appears on them is accurate, that it accurately reflects the treatment and the procedures that we have received. Lastly, when it comes to those forms, we need to treat them like we would treat our um, our credit card um, payment forms with all of our information on it. We need to keep those secure until we're ready to shred them. We don't need to be throwing them away in the trash so that people can go dumpster driving and get this information. So treat all of that information from the card to the explanation of benefit form the same way you would treat your credit card information. We've got about a minute left in this segment. Do want to ask you about uh, when you talk about preventative, we haven't even mentioned like online passwords. What, what sort of advice would you give for people when it comes to passwords? So with passwords, the more secure you can make your password, obviously the better. So including um, symbols, um, numbers, capital letters, lowercase letters, and make it something that's not obvious. Mm. You know, don't make it your kid's name. Don't make it your pet's name. Um, make it something that is random so that people can't use um, techniques in order to discover that information from you. What's a good idea as far as you remembering the password? Because you got to store it someplace, right? I mean, you, would you just put it manually in a, in a notebook or where would you put it? You could do that. Um, you do run the risk, obviously, with any yeah. form of storage that somebody could get access to it. You could write it down in someplace secure. Um, there are password keepers that you can keep on your phone that you could use or make it something that, while is not obvious, is something that you're going to remember. We're talking with Ryan Kennedy, special agent, FBI, Little Rock office, about things to stop, proactive steps to stop identity theft before it happens. We'll continue on the Get Ready for the Future show right after this. Stick around. More straight talk about retirement, investments, and your money right after this. If you aren't following us on social media, you're missing out. Check out behind-the-scenes photos, money tips, and informational videos. Just search for Gen Wealth on Facebook or follow us at Gen Wealth FA on Twitter. Now, back to the Get Ready for the Future show. Education-driven. It's one of our three uniques here at Gen Wealth Financial Advisors. And all month long, this month of April, we are talking about Financial Literacy Month, educating you on some things to look out for in your investments, in your retirement planning, and today specifically, all-encompassing, ways to avoid or things to protect your identity. We are being visited by Special Agent Ryan Kennedy of the FBI and the Little Rock office and we're getting into segment two with him. We've been talking about proactive steps and things for that people should do. But John and Janet, when we talk about our clients and, and pre-retirees, uh, folks going into retirement, this is all great education and great information to have. And in many cases, they can implement early on in their retired uh, lives. But at some point, they're going to maybe need to reach out and get some help. Well, you know, one of the greatest concerns that we have is that as you get into your late 50s, early 60s, that generally is the time where you have the most money. You've been saving money in your 401k right. plans, IRAs, things of that nature. And you're sort of at the apex of your wealth at that particular point time. And you're also probably beginning to, you know, move into that that territory where if you're going to have some cognitive issues, Janet, 
you're probably going to start having them in your later 60s, early 70s, and on into your 80s. And that just creates the perfect storm of vulnerability. And and I think that that our listeners and our and our clients really need to tune in on in this segment to know uh, you know what those vulnerabilities are and and how to deal with them. And Agent Kennedy, I, I think that uh, one of the things that you could be great in instructing people is to talk about sort of the worst case scenario that you've seen as an agent of the FBI. What what was the situation with the the worst case of identity theft that you've seen? One one of the worst that I saw. Um, really from an, an emotional standpoint was a subject that had a family member pass away and then the subject stole that family member's identity. The family member that had passed away had used it to open up lines of credit, had opened it, uh, used it to open up credit cards, had even used that individual's identity, the individual who passed away, to open up insurance accounts fraudulently in the names of other people. So it was almost a multi-leveled identity theft case wow. where not only had the subject stolen the the family member's identity who had passed away because materials were left out, left about, they weren't controlled, but had used that fake identity that, that, to then commit identity theft against other people. Um, it, was, it was a very difficult case because the impact was not just on the subject's family, and what they had to go through to get those issues straightened out. But then you also had all of these second level individuals who had had their own identities stolen by this fictitious individual as well. Um, it, it was very emotionally difficult to work. So what should a family do after somebody passes away? What does that process need to involve so that that deceased person's uh, identity cannot be stolen? One one of the first things that the family needs to be doing is getting control of a lot of, if not all of, the financial documentation that is at that individual's house. Because not only do you not want, you know, family members that have a history getting a hold of it, but you don't want third parties getting their hands on that information. Because even though the person has died, that information is still useful in terms of being able to open up lines of credit. So. You, you absolutely need to get your hands on that. And some of that can be done even with pre-planning with your family members. Right. You know, as we get older, we need to be telling the generation behind us where our financial records are, where are our documents, what do I receive in the mail in terms of credit card statements, financial statements, and where do I keep those? That way, you know, when I pass or when our family members pass, we as responsible family members can go directly to those records and get control of them so that, you know, bad guys can't use those records for illicit purposes. And we've talked in in our office even about the fact that everything is moving online and, you know, you get statements online and things of that nature. Used to be when somebody passed away, you watched the mailbox. And if you got a statement from somebody, you saw it in the mailbox. Now, if you don't have the password to the email, that can be very problematical that and maybe not subject somebody to identity theft, but it can create all kinds of problems in terms of knowing what accounts are out there, what bills are due and things of that nature. That's an excellent point. Um, You know, one of the things that people can do, especially as they get older, is to start sharing some of those passwords with trusted family members. Share the email account where the bills go to. Share um, the password for the social media account where there might be information that we need to get control of as well. Some of these emails and some of the social media accounts now allow for you to designate certain individuals who can take over accounts or get access to accounts after you've passed away. It's not a bad idea to look into that as well. But we need to make sure that we're doing this with trusted family trusted family members. Certainly. Oh, go ahead. What are some of the um, more specific things that maybe as people age that they need to be aware of? I'll give you an example that I saw in my family. Um, Years ago, my grandmother got a phone call, and I don't remember what it is that all all Discover cards start with, what four digits, but let's say it's one, two, three, four. So this person calls and says to my grandmother, "I, I needed to verify the card that you've used recently on the purchase because we're having difficulty getting this to process. It's the card that starts with one, two, three, four. Well, my grandmother thinks, well, because she has the first four digits, this is legitimate and gives her the rest of the information. Now, she realized shortly thereafter that was a mistake and she called and and handled it. But what types of things should people know just as a general rule when they're answering the phone, for example? 
So, so first and foremost, and, and I'm sorry that happened to you. It is a, it is a great example of what we see happening fairly regularly is when you get those calls, the financial institutions shouldn't be asking you to provide right. information that they already have. Right. One of the easiest things that people can do is say, thank you. I'm going to call you back, pull out that credit card, look on the back of it for that 800 number for their service center. Call that number to verify the information that you are receiving or that you did receive in the previous phone call. Um, when we're talking about what this was, which was a phishing scam, we're, we're talking about people trying to get us to do things that we wouldn't normally do. In a right. normal conversation, I'm not going to provide, you know, the people in this room with my credit card right. number, you know, but if the bank calls me, they're not going to ask me for that either. They're just going to tell me, hey, there was a there was an issue with your credit card. We're going to issue a new one. You should be receiving it in the next few days. Um, so we need to be mindful of that fact. So that's phishing with a PH, but certainly that's what they're doing. They are phishing for <laughs> yes. information. That's one example. What other forms do phishing scams take on? Sure. One of the other ones um, is the email phishing scam where we are getting an email that looks legitimate, but there is something in it that is illegitimate. So be it an attachment or a hypertext link to a website that is going to direct us either to a location on the internet or direct us to do something that would be against our normal instincts. And when they get us to do that, then that's when they can capture our information. Mm -hmm. When they send us to an unsecure website, we may be entering in information that they want us to do, date of birth, social security number, credit card information, which they can then capture. The easiest way to protect against that with those hypertext links, if you hover over it with your mouse, you'll see somewhere on your screen, the website address will appear. If it doesn't start in HTTPS, which is the secure hypertext link, hypertext link, then it is a fraudulent website or it is an unsecure website. The other thing you can be looking for when you, if you do click those links is in your um, website bar up at the top, you should see that little lock icon. If the lock is not closed, it is an unsecure website and you shouldn't be entering in any kind of information. You're giving such great information. I want to remind our listeners that if you're driving down the road listening to the Get Ready for the Future show and are wanting to, to get this information, you can actually catch it again on our podcast. If you go to podcast on your smartphone, you can download the Get Ready for the Future show podcast and pick up on this information when maybe you've got a little bit more time to safely jot down some of these tips if you're driving down the road right now. Special Agent Ryan Kennedy of the FBI office here in Little Rock, our guest as we talk about uh, ways to prevent and ways to respond to if you think you are a victim of financial fraud or identity theft. We've got about three more minutes left uh, in our second segment here on the Get Ready for the Future show. And uh, Special Agent Kennedy, if we could talk a little bit, I mean, obviously we are not, uh, we're not putting the genie back in the bottle. I mean, we've gone mobile, we've gone electronic, we have got to adapt if we haven't already to uh, the world we're in. What types of challenges are we going to face going forward with identity theft? Yeah. So first off, one of the challenges that we're going to face is this desire for people to share information. People need to be very cautious when they are sharing information. For instance, uh, for a long time, you've seen on social media these quizzes that people can take where we talk about, you know, all the, the fun things in our lives like our dogs, where we used to live. Um, our favorite sports teams. Well, those are common security questions right. for financial institutions. So we need to protect against that. We need to protect against oversharing of information. The other thing that we need to be doing is taking a critical look at the apps that we're downloading on our phone. If an app is free, we need to be asking ourselves the question, how are they making money? Mm -hmm. More often than not, they're making money off of us. They're making money mm -hmm. off of our data, off of our information. And we need to ask, is this an app that I need? Is it an app that I want? Um, or is it an app that I can just not have and not do anything with? Because if we're not paying for it, then they've got to be making money some way. And it's usually us. We are, um, we are the commodity in that situation. Agent Kennedy, what else would you say that, that we're missing? What else do our, our clients need to know about how to protect themselves? The other thing that people need to be aware of is the fact that we as a society now have a lot of information out in the Internet, whether it's through Target, OPM, Equifax, and those companies get breached. What that means is 
our personal financial information can be out on the internet, on the dark web for years before it's used. So while we may not be a victim of identity theft now, there's nothing saying that we won't be the victim of identity theft five years from now because of these data breaches. So people need to be vigilant about their finances. They need to be vigilant about their information, and they need to be monitoring those things so that we can be prepared for when our identity is used so that we can take the steps to get it back. We are running out of time, but I do want to mention you said uh, some steps to take if you believe you were a victim. Is it local law enforcement? Is that for the first place? Your financial institution, maybe if it's financial and then local law enforcement? Yes, absolutely. Your local law enforcement file a police report with them, and that police report can be used to help deal with a lot of these situations. Special Agent Ryan Kennedy of the FBI office here in Little Rock has been our guest today on the Get Ready for the Future show. Thank you so much for spending time with us today. Thank you for having me today. I appreciate it. We've got much more to come on the other side of the break. Stay with us. The Get Ready for the Future show continues right after this. Have a financial question? Want answers? Email info at getreadyforthefuture.com with your name, your location, and your question. And we'll answer your question on the air. Tired of the commercials? We are too. Now back to the Get Ready for the Future show. Have you missed any of that interview with FBI Special Agent Ryan Kennedy in today's Get Ready for the Future show? Be sure to go back and get us on podcast through iTunes or Stitcher. All of the Get Ready for the Future previous episodes are available there. But we uh, do encourage you especially to hear that interview because it really was great to, to get some insight from the FBI here on the show about financial fraud And if you'd also like to get some more info, our IT associate, Casey Cochran, has written a great blog. It's his second blog uh, with us here at GenWealth. And this one is including some helpful preventative tips you can take to guard yourself from the different types of identity theft that Special Agent Kennedy talked about during our interview. To check out that blog that Casey wrote, you can go to our website, GetReadyForTheFuture.com. Now, Scott, I don't want to say that there's any relation to this, but, you know, when Agent Kennedy came in to, uh, to record his interview, I drove up in the parking lot to be, uh, get ready for that interview, <laughs> and our own Tim Key is hauling boxes out of the office. Absolutely. The FBI is here. Tim's packing stuff up. All right. Get the evidence it out. Is, it is time for a detailed explanation. <laughs> Go. Tim, why were you taking boxes out when the FBI came? What was that about? I think it was just a coincidence, but <laughs> I was told to pack my stuff and move to the Little Rock office, and yeah. so um, I'm there now. So. I, I wish you could see Tim right now, because even in telling that he blushed <laughs> <laughs> no seriously tim has uh, tim has changed locations from the bryant gen wealth office to the west little rock office and he just happened to be packing stuff up when the fbi special agent pulled into the parking lot so, so <laughs> we, i was we in, got a kick out of it. i was in the west little rock <laughs> office taking gruff from scott yesterday because i was invading his office but i told him that the a team had to show up to show the b team how to work oh, you know oh, so, so it oh. was, it, it's been interesting this whole transition of uh, uh, musical chairs of, of advisors in different locations. We, we might want to roll on to the uh, intended content. <laughs> I think so. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking very diplomatically right now on how to respond to that, but we do become a little territorial sometimes about our office space. So we're growing in West Little Rock, which by the way, if, if you uh, are a client and you haven't been to see us lately, we're going on about what, uh, six, seven, no, longer than that, about eight months, I think, in the new office uh, yes. in Financial Center at the uh, Big Rock Interchange right down the road from where we're going to be doing the workshop on Tuesday at the Crown Plaza. uh, Sixth floor of the uh, three financial center right there on Shackelford Road. Love the new office. We have more space than we had in the previous location. And so thereby we are adding some uh, advisors and and spreading them out, we'll say, uh, between the Bryant and the Little Rock office. We also have an office in Hot Springs, El Dorado, and Northwest Louisiana. So our other topic we're talking about when it comes to our theme today of fortifying your finances. In this final segment, we're talking Social Security. And Social Security, obviously, doesn't maybe on the surface seem to link to identity theft or financial fraud, but certainly they are related. You can leave yourself open on either one of these areas and they can wind up costing you thousands of dollars or resources from your retirement. And the thing about Social Security is it's not something that a lot of advisors address. I think that's something that I've learned from sitting down with clients is when they come in and start talking to us about uh, retirement, they've never had an advisor go over Social Security uh, at any great length. That's why we did the Social Security workshop a couple of uh, months ago. And 
It's also why we have brought in Stephanie Smith to the Gen Wealth team. Stephanie spent 27 years as a member of the Social Security Administration and is a wealth of knowledge she has presented at the Social Security Workshops, but she's also, uh, John, very involved in client cases, in looking at possible uh, claiming strategies that might benefit clients. I know you have some stories on how she's really helped clients, and it's also affected the questions that I ask clients in in a meeting room. Absolutely. So when you think about uh, Social Security and the various claiming strategies that have gone on uh, that that are available to you at Social Security, there are there is great confusion, and even amongst the people who work at Social Security, no offense to them, they they do a good job, but they just don't know all of the options that are available. Stephanie has worked at Social Security for twenty seven years. Uh, she's now looking at this from the client standpoint and is assisting clients in getting more money. I have one client, and, and let me just say that as I tell a client story, every case is different, so don't think that yeah. you can just show up and get an extra five hundred bucks on your Social Security. <laughs> or something like that. But I will tell you that that we have one client that came in that's going to avail herself to an extra $500 in Social Security benefits simply because she got the wrong advice when she went in. She got the wrong information when she went in. And so it is something that that we feel like is a game changer for those people who maybe don't understand what their options are, maybe haven't gotten the right advice in the beginning. We will actually help you uh, to communicate with the Social Security Administration and be sure that you get all all the benefits that you are due. And when you say the theme of today's show, fortifying your finances, you're fortifying the foundation of your retirement income plan when you're talking about Social Security. Everything we do in the planning process, guys, is about building a retirement income plan. And the foundation of that plan is the guaranteed income sources you're going to have. And and, And so there is a big highlight in why you need to maximize your social security benefit because the difference is Janet, if you don't get the, the most out of social security, yeah. guess where it's coming from? Yeah. Your I mean, assets. You're, you're going to have to take yeah. it from your investment accounts. That's yeah. right. And sometimes people just don't have enough set aside to be able to make up that difference. And when you talk about fortifying your finances, that extra $500 a month, That'll go a long ways towards fortifying this person's finances. It can make a tremendous difference. You know, even before Stephanie joined our team, though, we have for years been doing a social security analysis and helping our clients walk through that process of which of the now 86 claiming strategies is going to be in their best interest. Obviously, we don't know life expectancy. Tim, if we knew exactly when somebody was going to pass away, we could, you know, nail this strategy every time. But we're going to look at the math and we're going to look look at some some assumptions from the clients on when you know what's an average life expectancy that they think is reasonable for them and then make it help them make a decision and go through that process together and again just understanding the strategies that are even available so many people look at when do i claim and not even not even thinking about any of the other strategies that are out there and everyone's situation is unique as well. And the great thing about Social Security is you don't have to commit early on this at all. I mean, because when we talk with people and we ask them when they expect to retire and things like that, it might be 62 or 63. But once we get there, it's like, I'm going to continue working. So, yeah. I mean, we can definitely, you know, we, we always plan based on what they, what we expect to, to, uh, for them to retire and everything. But, I mean, we are going to, life's going to happen and we're going to be able to make those adjustments along the way. Sure. So some things you need to know. Your social security benefits are based on your top 35 years of earnings, but the age at which you first file for them can cause that number to go up, go down, or stay the same. So if you're younger, particularly, and you're getting that, well, you're not getting it in the mail anymore, but if you've gone online and you've checked out what your social security benefit is projected to be, keep in mind that that is projected on you making that same income over time. And if you're going to get raises, that benefit's likely going to go up. It, it absolutely will. And the other thing to consider, you know, you talk about those those top 35 years of earnings. One thing that a lot of people don't understand is if you don't work for 35 years, let's say you take time off to stay at home with the kids. If you work for 25 years, you have 10 years of zeros averaged in. They mm-hmm. don't take the 25 years and get an average from that. They're going to look at 35 years, whether you have 35 years or not, they're going to look at that 35. So that can make a tremendous difference for you. 
Do you know your full retirement age? That's that's another thing I think people don't always know. Yeah. It, it's 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 as low as sixty six for some of the folks that come in. It could be sixty seven or it could be sixty six point something and, and some extra months and likely is in those two month in- increments between yeah. sixty six and sixty seven. And, and John, this is something we saw not too long ago as well um, with one of your clients, I believe, if I remember right. We were talking about the impact of claiming a disability check you know, before you get to social security age and the impact that that has on later drawing your true social security, because that makes it to where that year or however many years don't get factored in as zeros. You actually get a credit for having worked, even though you're claiming disability. So that's one of those things that I would encourage you. I I think that there is, I know that there is a a stigma attached to claiming disability because you don't want to be thought of as, oh, they're just getting their disability check, you know, and, and let's be clear. Disability is not welfare. That's right. And you earned it. Yeah. Disability is, is something that, that you have made provision for right. in the deferrals to Social Security that you made out of your paycheck. You paid for it. And, and so if you are permanently and totally disabled, then you can claim disability. There's a process, a a, right. uh, a filtering process, if you will, to, that uh, the government puts you through to make sure that you do qualify for those benefits. But no one should be ashamed or, or have a stigma about claiming disability. If you rightfully need to claim disability, then get after it, yeah. go do it. And, and so, again, think about the impact that has even later on in your retirement years. So don't don't set it aside. Just go and do what you need to do. And if you're intending to retire early and want to take a benefit early before your full retirement age, you can take it, of course, as early as 62. But you do have to keep in mind if you're going to continue to work at all, there are some penalties out there if you make too much. In 2019, you can only earn up to $17,640 annual income before you would have benefits withheld from you. And the way that works is once your income exceeds that level, you'll lose a dollar in Social Security for every $2 in earnings. So lots of questions surrounding Social Security, and we are about to run out of time on today's show, but I do want to encourage you that it is part of the GenWealth Ready to Retire process. If you'd like to step into that uh, or just want some questions answered, about Social Security, we are here to help. You could give us a call, 501-653-7355, 501-653-7355 to set up an appointment with the Gen Wealth Advisor near you. Once again, offices in Little Rock, which is my favorite office, Brian, oh, yes, I'm sure it is. <laughs> El Dorado, <laughs> and Northwest Louisiana. Don't forget about the workshop, The Three Big Risks. That's coming up April 23rd at 630 at the Crown Plaza. Sign up for free at GetReadyForTheFuture.com. That's going to do it for this week's show. We thank you for listening, and we will join you again next week. The GenWealth Financial Team is available to you 24-7 at info at GetReadyForTheFuture.com or call our offices at 844-869-PLAN. The Get Ready for the Future show is a production of GenWealth Financial Advisors, and opinions expressed are not those of this radio station and are for general information only. You should personally consult a financial advisor before making any investment, and no strategy can assure success. GenWealth Financial Advisors is an Arkansas-registered investment advisor with securities offered through LPL Financial. Member FINRA SIP. 